Hey everybody, it's Gabriel Menchaca. I'm here on the Carry Us Through podcast. I have a special guest today, my good friend Christian Alonzo. So welcome to the podcast, Christian. Hello, uh, hello. So Christian, uh, first off, just introduce yourself a little bit. Give us some of your background. I know that for me, I just wanted to share that you you were in some bands, you're an artist. <laughs> um, I know that there's some, some good stuff that you did, but um, just give us some of your background, man. Tell us where, where you're coming from. And- I, well, I'm currently a... Finished carpenter by trade. Got into carpentry in the last five years. Um, just shifted, you know, careers. Went back to school and, you know, did my certification. And now I'm doing it full time. Uh, prior to that, I kind of was a wanderer, just kind of dabbling in different things as an artist, musician, just trying, trying to make it in the creative world but didn't really have a whole lot of it yeah just things just things didn't work out uh, got out of the plans but um yeah I, I currently am uh i'm a guitar player i play a uh, worship team i go to restoration life in londell i live in londell i'm latino <laughs> so but i do i'm six didn't, feet tall <laughs> didn't you do an exhibition uh, in hollywood with some some of your art I don't remember exactly oh, what exactly oh yeah I mean I had a gallery show a couple times and that was for what exactly what was that what was it for like what were you exhibiting oh art I mean it was like paintings or uh, yeah mixed media okay. I do mixed media stuff so it was actually the first time I worked with wood I made some shadow boxes okay and that was kind of what sparked and that was like 2012 or 20 okay but I did I've was doing some some small gallery shows back in like 2008 so out in Hollywood yeah Hollywood and it, so basically in as far as like the creatives go you're you're a creative by definition <laughs> by yeah I've, I've been drawing since I was like three years old playing music I think you even did some uh, drawings from a friend and he got some, some tattoos I did I've, I've yeah there's a lot of people floating you know walking around this world with your work with my work <laughs> you weren't actually a tattoo artist but I you would, did the art I wasn't I wasn't but I even tried to do tattooing at some point <laughs> no, I didn't know that yeah that's what I talk about floating in my 20s I did a lot of floating <laughs> you were in metalcore band or what would you call that yeah I was uh, can we just say emo because <laughs> I looked emo back can, then we can just say emo because I think that's the popular like uh-huh. word to use for like screaming music yeah yeah I was in screaming screaming music and then I was in kind of like <laughs> Jazzy, experimental, screaming music, as so, well. And then, and then you found yourself uh, just kind of you fell in love with being a carpenter. Yeah. And so that's your thing now. And and your Instagram is Alonzo Woodworks. Yeah, Alonzo underscore Woodworks. You don't have to put the underscore. So, I, I wanted to kind of like give that background a little bit because like I think for most of the people listening are creatives of some sort. So it's not just like random people because I think everybody's kind of drawn to like you know what's going on in this area. Mm-hmm. But um, speaking to creatives, uh, what is what is something that you would say like, hey man, like I think I want to encourage you to do this. Mm-hmm. Like maybe you wish someone would have told you to do this mm-hmm. years ago. Mm-hmm. What's something that you would say to somebody, you know, fifteen years ago, fifteen years your age, younger? Um, maybe I mean as far as like. Just something helpful that you felt like. Well, I I think like not knowing a lot of a lot of people I run into like feel like they like in your twenties you feel like you're supposed to. There's like a deadline of like I should be doing this, this, really? and that. You know, like yeah, I think I I used to believe that if I didn't make it, whatever it was, by twenty five, that that was like my that was it. It's a cutoff. It's the cutoff. And I think people do... I mean, I remember having conversations with people, you know, that were like, oh, man, like, I'm almost 25. I haven't done this and that. And like, oh, I'm wow. going to, like... Okay. I'm like, dude, it's... I'm in my 30s. I'm, I'm just, like... Just went back to school. You know, just... Yeah. Yeah, like, that it's never too late to turn around. And you're, you're just going to... You're going to do so many different things, work different jobs. Ge- generally, most people end up working different you know yeah and different I, trades I would or even whatever throw in there, but yeah, i would yeah. say like if you don't know what you want to do do a trade 
because it's consistent. Yeah. And you can fall back. It's on it. always <laughs> there. You can always fall back on it. Like it's, it's, yeah. It's not easy money. I mean, it's like it can be labor intensive. It can be, um, yeah, expensive to buy yeah. your tools. But like you'll have the money from the job. You know, it'll pay you whatever companies and all that. So we were out the other night. And someone complimented the way you dressed. Mm. Is that something that you actually like pursue? Like, do you like fashion? Do you like? I don't follow like f- fashion um, trends, but I I have I have like force maybe like foresight, you know? Or like when I was younger, like I used to know. Okay, like I want to dress like this, and then like people would start <laughs> dressing like that. Okay, and, okay. But I've I've been kind of dressing more or less the same for the past like 15 years um <laughs> so uh not saying people have caught up I, there's always been this sort of well i mean that's why you call me a hipster king yeah as christian the hk alonzo yeah. so i i mean i back then you know like in high school and stuff i just it was indie yeah you know tight okay. pants and okay. yeah. dress shoes and collared shirts or whatever and it was like you, you had to shop at a thrift store you had to that's yeah. the only place you could get it only rules uh-huh uh yeah cool man but basically i'm trying to for people that don't know you're just trying to paint a picture okay. um and and yeah like i said like he's a, he's a good friend man and uh, definitely from the artist perspective it's you know done some respectable stuff and good stuff so we want to talk about being single um we're going to talk about a few different things, but mainly specifically in, in the church culture. But what are some of your biggest challenges being single? I think uh, <laughs> the biggest one for me has been loneliness. Okay. Uh, just, you know, seeing friends get married or, you know, relationships thrive. Or even I don't know. Even seeing a single person date multiple people, I'm not a I'm not a I'm not like a dater. Okay. Those okay. kinds of things. Like I don't put myself out there. Gen- typically. Uh, until this in the market. Until <laughs> this podcast right now. I'm just kidding. Um, yeah. Okay. So loneliness and mm-hmm. then okay. So to use your terminology, mm-hmm. let's unpack that a little bit. Sure. So like the loneliness specifically. Is it, is it correlated to seeing other people in like going forward in their relationships or is it just like just being alone like not having somebody to hang out with on a Friday night or like mm-hmm. or go out on a Monday night with like like what do you mean I think I've I, I've I think I've always had a desire to be a husband you know to have have mm-hmm. a family okay okay yeah I mean I love I love kids I'm surrounded by them and that's I think too like I mean I don't I don't get depressed or anything when I'm around kids and I'm like oh I wish they were mine <laughs> but it's more just like they're around all the time and I feel there's this I don't know maybe some some uh, what do they call it paternal instinct yeah that yeah. kicks in yeah and I think that you know family wanting a family it's not I mean it's not a desperate loneliness it's just more like those are the things like in waves like they can be like a specific situation or something or like uh, gathering or something. And you, so, let's talk a little bit about growing up. Yeah. Uh, because you didn't grow up in like a traditional um, nuclear family, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. give, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Uh, so my parents were divorced or separated by the time I was born. I came around. I was basically a love baby. My parents were separated at the time. My mom was dating someone else and I heard my dad checked up and uh, they made me. <laughs> and here I am. Uh, but they, you know, didn't work out. So, you know. No, but let me let me back up a little bit. When you say love baby, do you feel like that's a... I, I know you're kind of joking, but do you feel it's like a flippant term? Or do you feel like... Like, do you feel really defined by that? Or do you feel like... No, it's just no, kind of the situation. No, <laughs> like, it just how ha- You know, it just happens. You know, okay, it's like two okay. people, they love each other, but they can't stand each other. Right. And, right. you know... Maybe had they worked through it, they would have, they would have uh, stuck it through. Yeah, you're a Finnish carpenter. Um, you're single. 
And I'm saying that because ready like, to mingle. But I think we want to. Like, I want to present that because I also like for the sake of conversation. Like mm-hmm. I want people to know that my perspective is that of actually like I like I would usually be home at the time we're recording this. Yeah. Uh, because I have two kids, you mm-hmm. know, I'm helping my wife put them to sleep, and then we'll put on the Amazing Race and go to bed mm-hmm. by eleven. You know, it's like, whoa, what a crazy night, you know? <laughs> so, wild uh, man, it's a wild night, and um, and I'm saying that for the sake of like conversation and understanding that I think we're we're at two different places in our lives, mm-hmm. and like we're about the same age. Uh, I'm 36, uh, you're 35, so like I wanted to talk about. Uh, being single because I think like for me I always want to be aware of how to be encouraging and helpful mm-hmm. for somebody who's single versus like you know discouraging and harmful and so like yeah. I wanted to talk about that specifically so what are some of your biggest challenges being a single man in specifically in the church culture or mm-hmm. in the church setting yeah yeah that's good uh, good question I think especially in the church culture uh this struggle, I think, being surrounded by couples, you know, families, young couples too, you know, uh, starting families, things like that, and I think loneliness. I think that's the that's a, one of the the biggest struggles is not getting in your head about or your emotions uh, about not finding the right one or you know maybe you're yeah like not you're, like you begin to compare or like yeah I, I guess so um, or you feel like something's wrong with you ah, right okay. or, or, or you, you missed it or you missed something or, yeah like you could I mean I don't think like that but I know I, I put myself in in a lot of people's shoes and, and yeah definitely you can feel like you missed an opportunity um shoulda coulda woulda you know or you think it's too late right? yeah you, yeah i'm in my 30s and okay yeah. so that's a big challenge loneliness um so would you say this though like say like for me in my head if i think like hey let's have christian over for dinner mm-hmm. in my head i'm thinking like you know it'll probably be a boring night for him <laughs> mm. but it'd be cool to have him hang over you know hang out Mm-hmm. So, like, is that something that's true or is that something that, like, for, say, like, another married couple, mm-hmm. they know somebody who's single and, and they genuinely like having them over, like, yeah. as company, just hanging out. Do you feel like it's, it's helpful or harmful? I think it's, it's super helpful. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm a boring guy. I'm, a, I'm like a married single man. I, I go to bed semi-early. I wake up really early. And I don't, a lot of the young adults at my church, you know, they're, they're out on weeknights, you know, two, three in the morning or like just ridiculous things like that. And, and, and so I'm, they're single, you know, but, but they are, they are way like, they're like 10 years younger, right? Yeah. So I'm, I'm the opposite of of that. Okay. And I get tired by nine. (laughs) Yeah. At this point. So it's not, no, I love, I love, uh, being around couples. I love, um, gleaning off of them and just being around them because I get to to watch and observe and, and learn you know so so loneliness is a big challenge mm-hmm. um, what about like I, I think married or single every guy struggles with the idea of, of being pure mm-hmm. uh, not just in you know your heart but like mm-hmm. in your mind and all that yeah so what about that area like is that a huge challenge for you and, and I think that's you know, unique to certain mm-hmm. individuals but like how, like how are you with it like, yeah I've never struggled with it I am perfectly fine <laughs> wow that's uh, awesome yeah I'm man. a perfect human being wow that's yeah. amazing yeah <laughs> actually I'm a eunuch so I don't have <laughs> that you know I don't have that kind of issue there's no issues absolutely whatsoever then. I don't uh, I don't tell a lot of people but I'm just this is my reveal got party. it got it now we know yeah now we know uh yeah absolutely it's it's uh again like you you know, to be single and to be young and to have, you know, it's your, your, your hormones still going, your, your desires, your, your needs, uh, they're there. And it's, I think maybe the, the challenge for single people is, and for me is like to not jump into, uh, things 
so quickly or uh, maybe I don't know like date outside of church or faith kind of thing those oh, are things okay, yeah okay. you know because it's like it's you could connect I've and because it I'm, I'm saying because it's happened to me a lot where I've connected with with uh, females you know like at work or or I just it's just outside outside the, the confines of church and you feel this deep like wow like this person gets me uh, I have a lot of fun with them uh, I feel just connected and, and open and transparent and, and, and vice versa but they're not believers okay and that makes it difficult because you, it's hard to date a non-believer it really is yeah and uh, and, and I know from experience so I don't want to do it again yeah so that moves us on to our second question who or what is most encouraging or inspiring to you as a single man like you know is there somebody that you look at and think like man like they're just very inspiring or like there's something that you know maybe church people do or, or even your pastor or leaders mm-hmm. you know, is there something that encourages or inspires you as being a single person yeah I, I mean certain certain married couples uh, specifically my pastors um, Pastor Eddie and Roxanne and just sometimes like you know they're they're in their 50s and just the way that Pastor Eddie looks at Roxanne I don't know if anyone else pays attention but like you know like he'll walk they'll 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 come in at separate times from you know in the church service and like and he'll approach her and and I just see this look uh, in his eyes that definitely like there's still fire there's still like just I mean you it's for me that's that's goals like I want to I want to have that kind of relationship and strive for that kind of love and passion for another person and um yeah I mean that I mean that's definitely one of them um I mean there's a lot there's like my sister mm-hmm. you know she's an inspiration to me and and has always been encouraging um pushed pushed me to to be better like physically yeah physically <laughs> she pushed me down some stairs um, which made you better which did make me better <laughs> after I healed from the fall the broken ankle yeah that's good okay so. <laughs> encouraging and inspiring though so that's yeah man that's awesome um, what encouragement would you offer to single people in general don't don't get bogged down by time don't get bogged down by like deadlines that you've made up in your own head okay of of um getting married you know like meeting the right person uh, or like being in the right career you know or like finishing school I think a lot of people are like I should have been done by school you know with school by this time and yeah yeah they're not you know or the job that they had hoped for so in a way like don't be so hard on yourself don't yeah I mean I spent my entire 20s floating around like just wandering aimlessly just bouncing from job to job trying to find myself figure figure myself out or at least like what I wanted to do do, do you feel like um, there was so because like you know I've known you a while yeah um, growing up you didn't have like that nuclear family mm-hmm. do you feel like not having that nuclear family like kind of it, it kind of in a way stunted that growth like because most people would like get, get mm. defined from their family you know what yeah I mean? yeah do you feel like that was a piece of it or, or not really or absolutely yeah I I think not having the stability uh, of like both parents around or alive changed uh, I think uh, the direction of my life and yeah mainly because I, I think I didn't have any any solid figures you know to, to look up to okay and if I did have them which I, I did they just weren't stable they weren't uh, reliable right in any in any sense of the word so there wasn't any consistency in my in my in growing up so that 
definitely affected the way I saw myself. Yeah. Had to raise myself in a lot of ways. Had to, um, you know, grow up fast. Yeah. But at the same time, there were areas that were immature. Yeah. Or like that. um, Like you didn't know this is what being a man is. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, you, yeah, you, you grow up, you know, your, your friends, your friends and, and TV and, and the movies show, you know, that's where you learn about love and sex and yeah. dating and, and what you do and you don't do. And, and it's, you know, it, it, it's, it can be twisted, right? It's dysfunctional. Did you, uh, so looking at kind of like all of that stuff, do you feel like being single is part of a process to get married? Or do you feel like being single is is a is something in and of itself? You know what I mean? Like, because I think most people frame it like, mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, that's a chapter. Being single is a chapter of your mm-hmm. life. But you're gonna get married. Yeah. You know, or like, do, is it better to view it that way, or is it better to view it as like, you know what, I need to learn how to be single? Yeah, I think it's 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 a bit of both. Okay. You do have to learn to be single. And you know it, what's. What sets? I don't know the saying, the correct saying, but like, if don't, if don't look for it, like it'll appear to you when you don't, when you're not looking, or it'll, it'll never heard something that like that. Like, <laughs> I've never heard that in my life. It's like if you, it, no, it's like, you know, when you're not looking for that person, when you're not, when you're not focused on whatever it is, like you know, hyper focused on one thing, like, yeah, sometimes that that person just shows up. You know, God just places that. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, like yeah, that makes sense. Destiny, I, I, I you know, destiny or yeah. life happens, and uh, that that's in, that's important because it's distracting. Like to when you're thinking about like who your you know who your person is, like who you're going to spend the rest of your life with, and uh, it, it can it can really keep you from pursuing better things. Um, growing as a person yeah yeah you know it could it could keep make you immovable in a sense like you 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 might not pursue something else because you're what you I don't know you're waiting or you have this this expectation yeah one right? one of the things that we do Vanessa and I when we talk with uh, we do premarital counseling uh, one of the things that I stress is you're not being made whole when you mm-hmm. get married you are already whole. So you are two single people, mm-hmm. two whole people, mm-hmm. two single individuals, and then you get married, and then basically you learn how to function as a new unit. Yeah. <laughs> so like being single is a whole phase of like identifying that you yourself are a single whole piece. Mm-hmm. Like I always attack the idea when, you know, the thought is, oh, you complete me. Like I, I don't I don't agree with that statement. At I don't all I don't either actually. Way. Yeah, because yeah, I feel like when someone says you complete me, that means that you were not whole. Yeah, and that's not the truth. Like and it sounds unhealthy. Yeah, and so I, I feel like when we talk with, uh, it's actually something that we do. We intentionally talk about that area and specifically tell people like mm-hmm. you are two individuals that are whole unto yourself. Mm-hmm. And so like in that that kind of frame of mind. Um, what about this idea of people being called to be single? <laughs> I don't, I mean, I don't know when you, when, like, do people say that, like, once they hit a certain age, you know? <laughs> like, when they're like, I, they're like 50, you know, 52, and they're like, yeah, I think I'm called to singleness. <laughs> when they realize, like. Or forced. But, or force, but right? That's harsh. But I mean, it, unless God really speaks to you about it, right? Yeah. And I think that that does happen. Yeah, it does. Um, God has not told me that, um, and yeah, I mean, it's it's it, it or it can be a choice, right? And maybe the the lifestyle that you're going to live, which may, maybe you're going to be a missionary, long term, yeah. lifelong missionary, and having kids, family, settling down is not an option if you're going into certain places in the world I met a yeah I met a guy who went into a a pretty dangerous area Mm -hmm. and he purposely just stayed single yeah um, until he felt released from that country oh yeah 
And so, yeah, that's that's definitely part of it. Uh, so kind of to throw the listeners for a loop. Let's do it. Not a loop, but like, it's kind of like, not a surprise. Dun, but dun, dun. <laughs> the, the reveal, or not, not the reveal. We approach a subject a little bit lighthearted, but it is a pretty serious issue. So it's not discussed a lot. And especially coming from like a Hispanic kind of cultural setting, um, most Hispanic or Latino churches frown heavily um, on divorce and obviously God hates divorce we hold we understand all that but I think we want to talk about your situation mm-hmm. so you are a divorced single man correct so how long have you been divorced um, I think it would be four years uh, four years this month Four years this month. Uh, 2017. Right. Would that be four years? Yeah. That would be, yeah. yeah four four years. years this year. And then how long were you married? Um, six years. Six years. Yeah. But there's definitely context to, to that. What do you mean? Well, I separated right okay. for so how long were you separated um so what did I say six years three three four years I think okay so you, can, you were married a total of six years yeah but you were separated of those six years three or four years yeah yeah after after the second year um we separated um, obviously it wasn't a it, it was a it wasn't both choices it was in both parties uh on her part she left and and i stayed as you know i think when we could talk we can unpack the whole staying married to a person you know i i i believed for restoration i Mm -hmm. i wanted to work it out regardless what she was doing and you know and i stayed married and tried to hold out you know yeah for that so but you were both Christians no no we we met we met out in the world so you know when I was out in the world partying and clubbing and bar hopping all that uh, we we met out in LA and we were friends for a year maybe and and then we started dating and so we met, I think, in 2009, dated in 2010, and then we ended up getting married in 2011. And yeah, so we were we weren't we weren't believers, right? And um, I actually became a believer uh, a year into the marriage. Okay. Which is what kind of changed the the dynamics, right? Of it all. And so. We, she she was not a Christian mm-hmm. at all. No Christian background. She did. Yeah, actually, we 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 did eventually connect. Yeah, we one of the things that we connected on when we first met each other was that we both were basically prodigals. You know? Really? Yeah. So she grew up in a Christian home. She did. Yeah, and her parents are still together to this day, but um, they had a very kind of yeah, I would say dysfunctional like home life. Where okay. they were constantly, you know, uh, they were they were doing a lot of church things and involved, but at home, they were always fighting, okay. bickering, you know, a lot of that. So she kind of saw, for her, it was, you know, Christianity was hypocrisy, you know. And it was a genuine good, representation of exactly, Christian yeah. Lifestyle. So it, we both had dysfunction. Yeah, no background. So then, both of you actually had that Christian background, mm-hmm. but you're both actually now not in church at all at that yeah. point. And uh, you meet, you guys start dating, you get married. Mm-hmm. Uh, she she makes a decision to leave. Yeah, and it was to leave. And at that point, she was done. Yeah, in in her mind, she she didn't see any solution. Okay, to the, our differences. Uh, she essentially I mean she it's like they term they term these kinds of partners in in like psychotherapy or therapy as like avoidant you know they have this avoidant uh, what is it called 
it's a type of love uh, but like where you know she sort of she she started to distance herself okay you know as it as as the communication started to break down and as we started to we started not hang out you know as as much and she started hanging out with her friends more and going out you know and she was a bartender and and so I think that was easy for her to get drawn back into the world in that outside but did you guys start going to church together no we visited church okay uh, like on a Christmas service that was it like our first year being married and that was it and yeah and so she didn't she I always asked her if she wanted to go you know after I got saved and you know, she'd kind of be like, oh, I don't know, you know. So, like, I, I know that, so she made a decision to leave, mm-hmm. but um, in this particular situation, mm-hmm. what did you feel that was, like, your role in um, this ending? My, my role? Well, yeah, I, you know, I used to tell people that you know she left me because I because I became a believer you okay. know like it was like wow. oh, she didn't want to go to church you know like okay. it was like it was my way of maybe not owning mm-hmm. my my part you know and because people and even when I did try to explain and I'm like you know like because people want to want to be want to be in your corner yeah and they love you so yeah. they're angry for you yeah you know and I'm like I'm not even that angry and they're just like she's stupid and yeah. this and that and immature <laughs> and I'm like yeah but I did this but in the back of my head because so many people were fighting for me I guess I felt like oh this is like this is my persecution like I'm being persecuted okay for my beliefs in that sense you know I think we we all have that kind of but I do remember we had a conversation and you were pretty mm-hmm. honest in saying that like yeah you had a role absolutely <laughs> yeah yeah. And, and and it wasn't until the divorce until I had to sit in court I had to do all these fill out the paperwork because she she was gone like she didn't care about divorcing she was already dating somebody had been dating you know overall and it wasn't it wasn't on her mind like she I'd probably still be married to this day if I hadn't if I hadn't gone gone to start the process and it was in that time that God really started to reveal to me areas where 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 I had failed because I I was reflecting a lot on like yeah what am I not just what went wrong but what can I do better and like where where did I where did I fall short and so a lot of those things were, I made her feel insecure, definitely, because it, financially. Because um, I remember early on in the marriage, like I lost my job and um, she took a bulk, you know, of, of the finances to take care. And I was on, obviously on unemployment, but still it was just kind of like hard. And I was going, I mean, there's so much background to our story. Like we, we were big recreational drug users and okay so I at that time I was dealing with a lot of anxiety um, and um, mental issues and it was hard to uh, communicate that you know and because it, it just sometimes it just can be like seem like you're just being lazy yeah and I, yeah. Would, I had a lot of issues like going to interviews and things like that and, I mean that's that's all don't want to rabbit trail down that um, but yeah, I, uh, what were we talking about? <laughs> your role. <laughs> I kind of, your <laughs> yeah, no, I made her. Feel, okay, so I made her feel insecure in that area. Even, um, and and we went through every. If you like, you know, you can just Google like reasons why marriages fail, and like we were like textbook. You know, it was finances. It was communication. Yeah. Um, it was like sex. It so, was all you know all these different. But you guys never had any like premarital counseling. Or- no, we we were like you just, you just got married. Yeah, we were so high that we were like, man, love is gonna like 
save us. Like like it's just like all you need is love. We were we were <laughs> we were we were these like neo hippie, you know, people that just we were we we just believe that we were given an opportunity. You know, we found each other, and probably you know, I mean, maybe that was all the psychedelics at the time, <laughs> but we felt like. Like uh, we owed it to maybe like ourselves and our families, like to to make things right, and we we did have that sort of Judeo-Christian um, idea of marriage, like right. like we didn't we weren't progressive in that sense, like we weren't like oh we're we don't we're not gonna get married, but we're gonna act like we're married and move in with each other and all that and pretend we're premarital cohabitation, basically yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, coupling. Uh, it, we were like we want to get married like I, I want to call you my wife she wanted to call me wait wait that's the opposite yeah <laughs> uh, I wanted to call her my wife and she wanted to call me her husband and and so in that sense we had that our upbringing yeah put that within us that was the drive from to the, make the it Christian right background. yeah like yeah. to be like okay we're like we love each other what's stopping us Okay, so you had you had the Christian background, mm-hmm. you had the drive to get married, uh, you guys get married, and then she she decides to leave. Mm-hmm. Actually, scripturally, you know what's funny is before this podcast, there was a um, it was a podcast that I was listening to of a pastor answering some questions, mm-hmm. and one of them was a lady who called and she asked, you know, I've been divorced. Is it okay if I marry in the church? Mm-hmm. And so he, he you know the. The same scripture that we all know, God hates divorce, mm-hmm. and, but he also clarified, and I thought that was, yeah, I, I agree with him 100%, um, when the, the scripture teaches us that there's there's two specific instances, mm-hmm. one is abuse, and the other one is when the a non-believer mm-hmm. decides to leave the marriage, yeah. and so like, we kind of see that at play in this, yeah. but it's also like, um, I think the big thing that I would say for somebody listening is, um, number one, like identifying that faith is a big deal in marriage. Mm-hmm. And I think you would agree, yeah. right? Let me ask you this. Do you speak about divorce openly with your, like just friends and like church people? Absolutely. I I feel, I've always been an, an open person and I kind of keep, I like to keep an open dialogue with people to ask me whatever. So most people know. Yeah, I think okay. pretty much everyone in my life, I mean, unless you've known me only for like a few short weeks, but right after some time you you get to know me and you're like i didn't even know you were married like most people don't even know that i'm 35 so they, <laughs> they think, how old do they think you are like 25 28 what the heck uh that's right i do remember one of our friends mm-hmm. was like i thought you were my age he's like 24 <laughs> yeah um so yeah being open that yeah. I, it because i believe it it helps it helps people um, maybe in, in areas that that where they're struggling or um, maybe like they're about to make you know a decision that that could jeopardize or affect them the rest of their life and and if my my choices and things that I've done can help somebody and I'm always clear, yeah, you know, I'm always clear with people about, um, you know, what happened, my part, my role, and her role, and then, you know, that that it wasn't, it wasn't something just that was my choice to divorce, uh, but it was something that God revealed to me um, that I had prayed for, you know, for for. A long time, and I think it's encouraging for for people to hear that. You know that, like God. You know, sometimes you do have to wait for God to speak. Like He, he confirmed. Yes, and then, you know you were you were you mentioned uh, you were talking about First Corinthians seven, where Paul's Paul kind of lays out like some, I guess, kind of ground rules on marriage and divorce, mm-hmm. or or like. You know, if your spouse is a non-believer, and how, and, and like, the the covering of marriage, and how like, you know, stay with that spouse if they want to work it out and stay with you, stay with them, and they're technically saved, right? They're yeah. they're covered, and 
that was the, the scripture that was the confirmation for me to to move forward with the divorce was um, I think it was uh, yeah it was chapter 7 verse 13 um, photo uh, about the spouse so if you're you know if if your spouse and unbelieving okay here's what it is uh, it's verse 15 but if the unbelieving partner separates let it be so in such cases the brother or sister is not enslaved God has called you to peace or how do you know wife whether you will save your husband or how do you know husband whether you will save your wife so that a lot I had gotten these that was my third confirmation not of that scripture but that was the final scripture yeah. during like a week and I had been praying and fasting and asking God really serious questions about well, about the marriage, you know, because you want it to stay married. You want it. I to, did. I wanted. To, I want a reconciliation. I'm, I am. I am a lifer. I am. I'm. I'm really. I consider myself a loyal person. Mm -hmm. And so for me, just, I just, I wanted, I wanted to make it work. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just started reaching this point where I felt like this. This is probably unhealthy. Like this is really unhealthy. Like, right. Because uh, people generally in church and this I mean I know you you didn't bring this up but like this is definitely something we could talk about uh, cultural marriage in the church you know and like people people were like man God God is gonna restore your marriage like you'll see God is gonna oh he's gonna bring her back she's coming back and 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 I really was like yeah oh wow like and I so, and so I took it I took it as like well they're prophesying over me but they weren't they just okay. were they were putting their own you know, uh, you thought okay at that point though. Did you think it was prophetic when I decided not to, or when they were telling? When they me, were telling? Yeah, it. I felt well. I think I was, I was, I was fishing. I was really, I was seeking. I, I wanted hope. I, I wanted, I wanted answers. And it was just like this big cloud. You know, it was like really foggy yeah. for those years of like, is she or is she, isn't she coming yeah, back? What's you know, going to There was this sort of pull and push and pull. You know, she come around and then she'd leave again you know kind of thing like where the yeah. dialogue would open up again and I'd think oh like God's doing something and then nothing would happen nothing would come of it but you know I'd been so during that time I mean I really was I said God I don't want to I don't want to hear from people like I, I want to hear directly from you yeah I'm tired of this like I'm tired of my heart kind of being tossed to and fro yeah because it was confusing it was really confusing and and I wanted a definitive answer, and you know, and I and I told him, I was like, if you want me to stay married to this person, if you say, stay with this person for another five years, ten years, I'll bring them back in five years, in ten years. Just wait. I would have gladly done it, but I needed yeah. to know that it was from him, and not a person saying that things like that, their own opinion or just, you know, their positivity. Yeah. Or. Or someone being like, thus, thus saith the Lord. <laughs> yeah. Their toxic po positivity, man. <laughs> uh, it, and so I was, I, I, and so I was praying for that. And I was like, but if you want me to divorce her, like I need to know it's from you, because also there was the other flip side was there was also people being like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. she's not coming back. Like she's, you know, there's no. I think you should move on. You should date this person because then there's people always trying to set you up too and. And you know, I'd be like, no, I'm married, you know, and uh, and not that I was completely. I had my my points in the relation in that time of waiting where I definitely sought out other relationships. Okay. So it wasn't like I stayed. <laughs> yeah, you stayed uh, committed. Stayed committed. No, yeah. it was it was it was rough. It was yeah. a rough time, but because the so that week, when God just started to answer, I mean, it was like. The, the, the two other situations were not like uh, biblical they were just these weird like coincidental things yeah um, and we can talk about it if you want to but you know like well what exactly what do you mean so when I so I started getting into carpentry right I was mm -hmm. trying to find somebody I could work with so I started working with this guy from church a different church and we were doing like demo work so it was like a lot of labor general labor but I was, you know, getting a, a feel for construction. 
And so he's all of a sudden, like one of those mornings, he starts telling me this story about his best friend. Um, he's like, you know, he's like, I have this friend who his, you know, like he met this girl, they fell madly in love, and then she left him. And then he stayed married and um, to, to this girl for like two, three years or whatever. And she was off already, like she was dating somebody, um, doing her own thing, wanted nothing to do with him. And then one day, I guess his friend was having lunch with a pastor or something. And, and he was like, yeah, um, God wants to restore my marriage. And then the pastor stopped and was like, did God tell you he wanted to restore your marriage? And he's like, well, no, but why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't he? You know, like, yeah, God, God hates divorce. Like, he's like, did God tell you directly that he wanted to restore your marriage? And he was like, no. And he's like, then why do you keep saying that? And and then so he proceeds to continue the story about how like then his friend was like, okay, I'm gonna divorce her. So he divorces her, and then he's like, and and he's like, and then he met his wife a year later, two years, and he he's like the happiest guy ever. Like, and 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 because had he you know chosen to stay. He would have never, you know, he would have never moved forward, moved forward yeah, and been happier because he was miserable. You yeah. know, he was worked a dead end job. It all sounded like my story, <laughs> and so I was mad because I was like, "Who told him?" What's I feel like he was, he was implanting, trying to like, oh, okay, be like manipulated. Yeah, yeah, and I was like, "This is way too like." close to what's going on and, and he didn't know anything and I and I remember like I tried to I talked to a few people that like knew him like did you say anything about like you know they're like no he doesn't know anything about you like and I was just like because I was mad I was mad but there was something in my like in in my chest like it hit a nerve it was like my heart you know like your gut like it just I was like uh like I just felt like I don't know God that nah maybe that's not you you know like yeah. And so that happened and then there was another situation where um, someone else had just spoken to my life um, about moving moving on forward and they were they were talking about them them moving forward and like getting rid of pictures things like that and and it was really um, it, it resonated again it hit a nerve yeah and I did feel like it wasn't just like coincidental it felt like the Holy Spirit you know yeah, yeah. and so I was like I was I kept shrugging it off and then that Sunday I was at church and they were teaching from first Corinthians um, maybe chapter 6 or something and and then I just kind of started just flipping the pages and then I got to chapter 7 and I just started reading and I've read this scripture a lot and I've had people tell me re, you know say like you're you're not you, you're you're not uh, bound you know, they'd be like, yeah, hey, if you yeah. want to divorce her, you can. And I remember just being like, screw you, you know? Like, I don't need your, you, you know, your negativity. Like, yeah. I was like, I'm, I'm... Get those negative vibes out of here. You know, like, I'm, I'm holding out for the promise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it, it was and, like... And I think we don't want to discourage... No, no, no. But there is a point when it's like, I don't think yeah, that's no, no. God, there's man. Yeah, there's definitely a point where you do... If God speaks to you, by all means, like know that He spoke to you yeah. about it. Don't just listen to to people, um, just because, you yeah. know. Uh, well, I think that's that's immature, unhealthy, and problematic. Mm -hmm. If people are driving your decisions, mm -hmm. um, I think that, like the way you explained it, like the confirmation. Like the Holy Spirit was already speaking to you, dealing mm -hmm. with you, yeah. and the people that spoke into the situation uh, were more or less like confirming what the Holy Spirit was really telling you. Yeah, and and the and the I think what's most important is the Word of God. Yeah, to be the final say. You yeah, know, say yeah. so because there's nothing that that there's there's no other thing closer to the voice of God speaking to you than his word yeah. right his living <laughs> his written breath. word yeah so when i read verse 15 in chapter 7 it was like 
and, and I'm sure your listeners and you, you you've had this scripture it's like it popped out at me yeah. it yeah. was it was alive and I just felt so like there was this sort of like it was like a weird I don't know like I got it felt like I got hit with something mm-hmm. right and, and my whole body was like felt numb and tingly because I had realized something you know it was like God just kind of confirmed um, but it was also scary and I and I said God like this is me because I think by staying with this person that like I'm saving them but like I'm, I'm, I'm protecting them I'm helping them and a lot of this reason why I've been with stayed is out of guilt right out of like I I want I want to make it for other people, you know. Like, yeah. like part of my part of my thing was like I wanted to have some some hope for others. I didn't want to be another demographic. I didn't want to, especially in the church, right? Be yeah. another Christian, yeah. you know, that got divorced. So, a lot of that was my own guilt. You know, I was I was um, pushing that on myself. And so when and then and then it was like God has called you to peace, and that was for something that I had been where I said, you know, my heart was always tossed back and forth and yeah. I never had peace in that whole time when people were telling me, God is God is going to restore your marriage. God, you'll see, you'll see. Just keep, keep, you know, whatever. And, but I never had peace. And, and I was like, you, if I, if I knew, you know, if, if this were true, if I was meant to be with this person, stay with them, I would have peace. And that yeah. was what I was asking for. And, so right then and there, I knew, um, you know, I was like, okay, God, I'm, I'm gonna move forward with it. And I mean, it was a tough, tough pill to swallow, but I couldn't argue with it. Yeah. You know, and 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 it was weird because it's like I've always read that, I've always read that scripture, and yeah. why that day yeah. it just was like, just a, I got hit with a shovel. Yeah, yeah, that happens, man. Especially when the Holy Spirit speaking to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about okay? So you, you said a few things that I think are important to kind of like touch on, uh, and I think it could be a totally other podcast. Mm-hmm. But the the culture of church mm-hmm. kind of so for example, <laughs> for me I've identified this in Latino or Hispanic churches. Mm-hmm. It seems like everybody takes the freedom or liberty to speak into your situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say that with not like a g- total generalization, yeah. but it, it's almost like, especially in Latino Hispanic churches, they, they feel like, you know, uh, let me let me tell them, you know, like, mm-hmm. let, me, let me say this to them. And I feel like I've talked with other people at other churches and they are not that like forward. Uh-huh. It's, it's like, oh, they're going through something, let them go through something. Yeah. You know, that's it. And so like, I feel like, the culture of the church uh, like what do you think was it a positive or negative influence like in the whole situation Mm -hmm. I I think I think it was both Um, positive how positive in that a lot of the my well who knows I mean I, I think like my choice uh, and my wanting to uh, uh, restore the marriage uh-huh. kept me out of a lot of trouble okay yeah um, yeah as is being being I guess technically single but not you know like yeah. married and I was in the you know I, I that would have been out. a weird first date. Like <laughs> very like. By the way, I'm married, <laughs> and I'm a Jehovah's Witness. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I, uh, um, yeah, it just it, it. So I mean, it it helped in in that season, and I don't think if any I mean I think if anybody said anything else contrary to that, I was really stubborn. Okay. Like I I, I think I would have. And anybody who did like say something opposite of like stay with that person 
like, oh, well, maybe you should consider... And they were always maybe non-believers, right? Yeah. You know, like I had one, an old phrase, not a friend of mine anymore, but he was like, he's like, you know what helped me with my breakup? He's like, I just had sex with girls. And I was like, cool story. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that's not going to happen, you know? And, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just people's solution. You know, they want to put a Band-Aid over, over that. And I didn't want a Band-Aid. I didn't want an easy way out. I wanted to fight. Yeah. For it. Because when I got married, or when I met this person and I fell in love, like it was the first time I ever felt like uh, I had something worth living for, like it, yeah. you know, dying for this person. Like it, it was a, it was a complete, it was a new feeling, you know. Yeah, it was like central to life. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, like laying down your life. I, I didn't have, I wasn't a Christian, but I knew the concept of it. Yeah. So then, culturally, you, you would say that it was both helpful and a little harmful. <laughs> yeah, and then too, I mean, obviously, like, not just, you know, oh, well, we're, we're, we're praying. Yeah, you know, people like, we're, we're praying for her to come back, we're praying for her to come back. Even the people that weren't like, oh, she's going to come back, like, trying to confirm it, they were just like, we're praying for her, we're, pray- we're just... We're praying for your God to restore your marriage, and and which is what we do. You know, we we pray for those things, and that's that was my desire, um, and what everybody thought was was right. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, and I think and, as Christians, we hope. Yeah, that hope. You yeah. know, for that reconciliation. Yeah, the brokenness to be repaired, mm-hmm. but also like to like then even after the divorce I mean it continued as far as like oh we're, we're praying for that wife yeah we're praying for you know and so it's still pushed on you culturally like yeah to, to get married and and you're not getting any younger you know you're not getting <laughs> and it's like alright what about do you find common ground with other singles who have never been married I I do is it is it hard or is it like, no, like, pretty easy. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm pretty flexible. Like, I'm, I can be with, with, I don't know, married couples and singles. Yeah. And feel comfortable in my own shoes, talking about it and my experiences because I've experienced both. And so, like, I, I want to. I feel like there's a lot of things, a lot more things we could talk about. Yeah, absolutely. And I do want to do it. I do want to do that. But I want to close this episode uh, with two more questions. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we can, we can revisit some of this again soon. But looking back, what are some lessons for single people and married people? Mm-hmm. Like, obviously for me, I, I want to learn from people's mistakes, mm-hmm. brokenness, so I don't have to, you know, go through that to learn that lesson. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, I've talked with guys who have uh, cheated on their spouse, mm-hmm. you know, like, a, you know, been unfaithful in their marriage and ask them straight out, like, what happened? What led up to it? Yeah. You know, uh, did you think it was wrong? Did you know it was wrong? Yeah, like, yeah. And I've appreciated most the guys who were just straight up and honest yeah. and they owned it. They didn't like present it as like, you know, like, oh, you know, well. You know, we, we both had some issues. Mm-hmm. It's like, like, I remember talking to one guy, he was just straight up like, like, no, I knew it was wrong. Yeah. Because I, I every decision, everything I did, I mm-hmm. knew it was wrong. The Holy Spirit was convicting me. I ignored him. You know, like, it's, and that to me was just so brutally, like, honest that I was like, yeah. wow. Like, he heard the voice of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. He knew it was wrong. Yeah. But, like, what would, what are some lessons looking back that you feel like, because, you know, you had your Christian background. Yeah. You had the Christian upbringing. You know the voice of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So you're in this marriage, and, and you know the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to you. Yeah. And what are some lessons maybe for, for single people who are looking to get married, yeah. or even those that are, you know, like, you're single right now, mm-hmm. some mm-hmm. advice for them, but also for some married people. What's some thoughts? like? Um, well, yeah, for the single people, I would say, and, and you and you have a strong desire to be married, you want to be married, um, and you've, you know, you've heard, everybody's heard, like, just, you know, focus on yourself, like, personal yeah. growth, and, and it's absolutely true, like, be, be the person uh, you want to marry, I guess that would kind of, 
So like, yeah, work on yourself. Um, you know, have that those standards, right? That you have for a, another person. That you Be want. someone worth marrying. That's yeah, exactly. So work towards that, yeah. and um, and obviously like life's a journey so a lot of people don't get it right when they get married or you know if you're single and you fall into fornication or like you you know whatever like you you, you get back up right that's that's the race of, of 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 faith right that we're just like it's it's not it's a marathon right we got to just get back up it's a long journey and we're gonna we're gonna have slips and all that we're gonna have low seasons Maybe in the valleys, you know, we're going to be on the mountain tops. And so with married people, you know, like if you don't start off strong, it doesn't mean that you can't finish strong. Right. right? So you you can become that person for your spouse. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, always. There's like, I just, my, because I mean, I feel like my entire life is, is this like, is a bunch of second chances. Like I've, you know what I mean? Like I've, I've, I've lived a, a lot of, you know, through a lot of, yeah, different stuff, traumas and, and seasons where I thought I'd never get out of that. And I mean, even being, you know, through my separation, I, I never thought what would be the outcome. I really didn't know there was such a, there was a cloud really. And even in the last, you know, the, the past four years I mean still you know like things haven't gone the way I, I think but my main focus has always been becoming the person worth marrying yeah you know preparing preparing myself and not only not only financially but spiritually um and and um you know, yeah, just getting getting myself ready for that, and so and, and being okay with yourself, like, and being okay. And yeah. I really like. I mean, as far as like singleness, I mean, you, you know, you, the first thing you asked was like, what are the challenges? But like the benefits, obviously, are like I can stay out late. Yeah, <laughs> I can be out here. I can, I can. I don't have to be like, babe. Uh, you know, can we go to this or like? Our friends asked us to go here. Can we go there? And it's like, no, we've got this baby shower to go to. And this yeah. Like, well, I don't have to do that. I don't have to deal with that. Like, it's my choice, my world. Like, my my dishes don't get washed if I don't wash them. And I don't have to wash them. I don't have to throw out the trash if I don't want to. I don't have to, like, <laughs> I, I do throw my trash out, but for all you ladies out there. Um, and I do wash my dishes. I may wait a week, but... You they know, get washed, but they oh they get washed, and that trash with hot water even after a month, <laughs> it gets taken out. <laughs> uh, and I got air fresheners, everything, candles. Uh, yeah, but the it's enjoyable. I mean, it, it's it's a like Paul says, it's a gift. It's it's both. Yeah. It's a gift to be single, and it's a gift to be married. And there's no right or wrong way as long as you're. It's wrong if you're outside of of biblical truth right and you're trying to write your own truths yeah right you know and be, and, and I try know my to truth. <laughs> I know my truth and be uh what's what's the word like try to find gray areas you know or, or reasons to do certain things yeah you know and, and yeah and and uh yeah that's it so moving forward uh, because you know you're single now, but you were married, mm -hmm. you divorced, you went through that you know rough time, mm -hmm. emotional roller coaster. Mm -hmm. uh, do you look forward to marriage again? Yeah, I mean it. it yeah, I, I I mean I. It sounds weird to say I always think about it, like it's like I'm. I don't know, like desperate lonely person but I'm not you know I yeah. I do think about it I do wonder uh, you know when it'll happen with who you know what they'll be like what I'll be like 
you know, and I think you can you can fantasize or you know wonder, but I don't like to get bogged down on on it too much. And so I do look forward to it. I honestly I enjoyed being a husband when I was. I felt like it was one of the highest callings. Like even before cracking open the Bible, you know, it, I felt like a leader, you know, a priest in my own home. Um, like a, you know, like the, the head. And, and so I, I don't know, I thought it was very honorable, still do. And, and one of, you know, I think because for me it was a mountaintop experience and so obviously you know everybody has mountaintop experiences you come down and that whole the high dissipates it's it's gone right but like I still look at it like it was a privilege and and would consider it a privilege still to to be a husband and to be a father but also at the same time, I mean, sometimes I do. I'm like, well, maybe I'm called to be single. But I, I mean, God has not confirmed that. Yeah. And uh, I'm pretty sure I'm meant to get married, so. Yeah, and I think too, like, talking about divorce, talking about being single after a divorce, I think is an important conversation mm-hmm. for people in the church because there are, there are others yeah. you know, who, who, I think, if anything, this, this podcast will probably bring on some more questions yeah and so maybe we can actually do like a Q&A thing and yeah and uh, you know have you back on and talk about it more sure, but man, yeah man let's great. let's close this one uh, but thank you so much for just your honesty and your transparency and, and sharing about your life mm-hmm. uh, I do want to have you back on to talk about just all the other stuff man like yeah you know we, we've had some great conversations that I feel like if other people heard them mm-hmm. I think they would be encouraged yeah. and I think they would be even challenged in some areas so, but yeah, thank you so much for being on, Christian. All right, I'm going to do that outro music for you. Yes. <laughs> this has been the Curious Through Podcast. This is Gabriel Machaca. Thank you guys so much for listening.